1 Corinthians chapter 4, just going to read the first four, or excuse me, the first five verses here in this portion of God's Word for our time together. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Just a very, very simple thought I want to leave with you this morning and really in a form of a challenge. Be found faithful. Let's pray together. Thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. What a, a, a privilege and an honor it is, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would use your word and your spirit would speak to every one of our hearts today and help us where we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. How do you spell success? Those in the world around us would say that you spell success F-A-M-E. Or they would say you spell success M-O-N-E-Y. Or P-O-W-E-R. Yet if we look into the scriptures, and even if we look into the book of Hebrews, which we're not going to do today, in the 11th chapter, we'll see person after person after person who lived a life of success, but not according to the world's standards. In fact, if we were to spell success in the kingdom of God, it would be F-A-I-T-H-F-U-L, faithful. The book of Proverbs, chapter 20, and the sixth verse says, Most every man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. That's the kind God's looking for, faithful men and faithful women. It's a big difference between talking about it and doing it. And one of the worst things that any of us could be is unfaithful. Few things are worse than an unfaithful employee who doesn't show up when they're supposed to be, show up. Uh, an unfaithful husband or an unfaithful wife, that's a terrible thing. And so also is an unfaithful Christian. Proverbs 25 and verse number 19, the Bible tells us there that confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. That is, it's painful and it's debilitating and it's going to hurt you. Let's get back into our text. 1 Corinthians, you know the church of Corinth, it was the, the carnal group, right? They had all kinds of problems. They were dysfunctional as all get out. And one of the problems that they had was that they were engaged in some kind of a sanctified hero worship, if I could call it that. They had their own favorites. They were comparing 
um, God's men, God's preachers. And, and in the previous chapter, uh, some said, well, uh, we're of Paul. Or, no, no, you can be of Paul, but we're of Apollos. Well, you can be of Apollos. We're of Cephas or Peter. And then there was a super spiritual pious one said, no, we're of Christ. We just want Jesus. That's all we want. And no doubt, you know, if you're saved and, you know, you get to hear speakers, you have some that you prefer more than others. That's just natural. That's how we're wired, right? But there's no competition. There's no comparison because if we're serving the Lord, we're all on the same team, preaching the same gospel to see people get saved. And I don't know, in my imagination, you know, you got Paul. Paul is a little guy, not the most attractive guy in the world. They say he was bald, and so you know I can identify with that a little bit. <laughs> Paul was not deep. Paul, oh, excuse me, he was deep. Paul was not bombastic. He was not eloquent, but he gave the goods. He gave the truth that the people needed, and people were saved, and people grew. But then there's Apollos, and Apollos was an orator. The words flowed from him. It was like poetry, and you could sit there and like, I could listen to this man all day long. The words just come out of him. He just got a gift, and it, and it sounds so wonderful. It's flowery coming out of his mouth. And then there's Peter. And I don't know, but I can imagine Peter being that dynamic, bombastic one, holding up his Bible and saying, Ah, oh, thus saith the Lord, get right with God. What's wrong with you people? Listen to me when I'm preaching. Don't sit in your... I can imagine. And so they all had their own favorites, right, that they wanted to hear. But again, we're not in competition with one another, nor with anyone else. You know what? One of the best things that any of us could be is to be the best me that I can be, the best you that you can be. You're not in competition with anybody else. Just do you, but be faithful at it. Well, I just want to bring out three points this morning, um, three aspects of faithfulness from our text. Number one, let's look at some reasons for faithfulness, some reasons for faithfulness. We see in verse one, let a man so account of us as, steward, as ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. I just want to say, first of all, one reason for faithfulness is because God is faithful. Our God is faithful. First um, Corinthians 1, 9, just a few chapters earlier, uh, but the Bible says God is faithful by whom you were called, called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. God makes the standard. He is the one who is faithful. What does that mean? That means God is 100% reliable 100% of the time. He says what he means. He means what he says, and he always does what he says. That's the God to whom we belong. And we're reminded of that in the scriptures over and over and over again. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13, where the scripture tells us, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. First Thessalonians 5.24, where the Bible tells us, Faithful is he who calleth you, who also will do it. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he, that is God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews 10 and verse number 23, it tells us there that he is faithful who promised. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, where the Bible tells us it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. The only reason I'm still standing here before you, it's not because there's anything good in me, it's of God's mercies that I'm not consumed because his compassions fail not. Great is our God's Faithfulness. One reason for us to be faithful, God is faithful. He is the standard. And, and even when we waver, God is even faithful then. 
Another reason for faithfulness is the fact that we are his. We are his. That's, that's, um, and it says we are we're ministers. That word ministers there, it means under rowers. We're not the captain of anything. Not even the first mate or the navigator were just out there rowing, just, just getting to the destination, listening to the orders from the Lord who is on high. We are servants, and we are also stewards. A steward is somebody who manages something that doesn't belong to them, but they manage for somebody else. And you and I, we own nothing. In fact, we don't even own ourselves. We belong to the Lord. That's what we belong to. And uh, we are stewards of the mysteries of God. He's entrusted us with his word. He's entrusted us with his gospel. He's entrusted us as we take on ministry responsibilities. He's entrusted us with his people. And we have a great responsibility to carry that out. God is faithful. We are made in his image. And then that image is renewed once we are born again. So there's no room for competition. There's only room for me to say, Lord, help me be faithful to steward that which you have given me to do. We see some reasons for faithfulness. Then we see Secondly, the responsibility for faithfulness in verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's a really short verse, but it carries a very, very, very strong message. A high IQ is nice, but it's not required. Being good looking beats being ugly, right? Or plain. But that's not required. God doesn't need our looks. Being well-connected may open some doors, but that is not what God requires. Even having the gift of gab or personality and all those things are wonderful. But that's not what God wants from us. He wants us to be faithful. That is a requirement from God. He does not require of us what we cannot do. He does not require of us what we do not have. He requires what we do have and what we can do. And that is, men and women, to be faithful to the Lord. Well, let me just draw that out a little bit and just talk about that, some this responsibility of faithfulness. We need to be faithful in small matters, small matters. Luke 16, 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. But he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. How we manage little things indicates what we would do if we had more. And why would God give dynamite to somebody who can't handle a firecracker? Faithful in small matters. Small matters like making your bed, saying thank you, turning off lights when you leave the room. Our small opportunities are testing grounds for the big ones. Well, that doesn't matter. That's just a little thing. God's paying attention to that little thing. We need to be faithful in the little things because often, oftentimes they're stepping stones into the bigger ones. But secondly, the responsibility of faithfulness, we need to be faithful in secret matters, things that nobody else sees. One of the things about David when he was younger, before he got older and, 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 and got careless, when he was younger, it said of him in 1 Samuel twenty two fourteen. then Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who is so faithful among all thy servants as David, which is the king's son-in-law? And goeth at thy bidding, and is honorable in all thine house. 
Reputation is what people think we are. Character is what God knows we are. What nobody is looking. Faithful in the small things. Faithful on the, comp- on the computer and on the phone when nobody else is around. Faithful when your roommates aren't in the room. Faithful when nobody may, you think nobody will ever find out what's going on. God wants us to be faithful in those smaller matters. Oswald Chambers wrote, when a Christian jealously guards his secret life, his public life will take care of itself. And how true that is. How true, how very true that is. We need to be faithful in small matters. We need to be faithful in secret matters. There's a verse over in Ezekiel that I was just thinking about earlier this morning. In Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse number 12, where God is speaking to Ezekiel and why God's people, the nation of Judah and Israel are being judged. He said, then said he unto me, in Ezekiel 8, 12, he, then said he unto me, son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. But I want to tell you, as somebody has said, secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. God sees everything. If we're going to be faithful, we need to be faithful in secret matters. But also, I want to say as well, this responsibility of faithfulness means that we should be faithful in spiritual matters. And of course, that is the direct context of the passage about a steward being found faithful in his ministry to the Lord. But I want to say even more than that, we need to be faithful in our walk and our relationship with the Lord day by day by day. And it says about the psalmist in Psalm 1-2, his, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Colossians 4-2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Growth in grace, growth in grace, I believe, is when have to becomes want to. When we want a relationship with God and we're growing and we want to be faithful to him who is faithful to us, that is the Lord. Until we get to the place like Job, where Job declared in Job 23, 12, he says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, but I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I, want, I just want to be in the presence of God. I want to know his word. I want to be faithful to his word. I want to be like Jeremiah in Jeremiah 15, 16, where he said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me as the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. We need to be faithful in spiritual matters, that we're not hit or miss. We're, and you know, it's so easy to get busy. And I understand that. I remember my college, college uh, t- time in Bible college and, and how, I, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I didn't know whether I was coming or going much of the time. But you always need to make time for that which is most important, and that's our relationship with God Most High. Faithful. Reasons, uh, the responsibility for faithfulness. Faithful in small matters, faithful in secret matters, faithful in spiritual matters. And part of that spiritual matters is our ministry. Our ministry. What a great privilege it is that God in heaven who needs nothing and needs nobody. If you're gifted, guess where your gifts came from? If you have opportunities, guess where those opportunities? Everything we have came from him. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us so we can be laborers together with him. 
And I just want to encourage you, if you've got whatever ministry that God has you in right now, be faithful to it. Be faithful to pray for the dear folks that God's entrusted with you. Be faithful to prepare and to teach and lead or whatever you have to do. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. That's overflowing in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. D.L. Moody was once uh, criticized after he got done preaching. And a lady came up to him and says, Mr. Moody, I noticed you made 11 grammatical errors in your message tonight. Now, he, had a, he only went to sixth grade, by the way. And so he, he, def, he definitely butchered the king's English severely. Uh, he just looked at her and smiled, and he says, I'm sure that is true, ma'am. My education is limited. I wish I could have done more. I'm simply using the grammar that I have to win all the people that I can to the Lord. Guess what God wants us to do? Use what you have to minister faithfully to the Lord. And I just want to say I'm, I'm very thankful for my time in Bible college because I know that a lot of folks I went to Bible college with didn't have it, but I had an opportunity every single week to preach in the projects and to learn how to preach. And back then, back in those days, my messages were about 10 minutes max. That was about as much as I could get out, right? And uh, well, it's stretched out a little bit since then, hasn't it, Brother Bias? Just a little bit. But anyway, um, but I just thank God for it. See, the ministry you're doing now is not practice. That's not practice at all. This is part of your preparation, but right now God is using you to touch lives. If it's in the jail, it's in a nursing home, it's a bus route, where it's in children's ministry, wherever it is, God is preparing you. Be faithful where he's placed you in that ministry. Serve the Lord with gladness, as the psalmist says. Let's do that because God doesn't need us, but we desperately need him, and we have the privilege of serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what God has called us to. He's called us to be faithful. Well, I want to say this morning, not only do we see here today some reasons for faithfulness, the responsibility of faithfulness, but then also he talks about some of the rewards of faithfulness in verses 3 through 5. But with me, he says, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of any man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. And it doesn't mean that we should not assess ministries and what people are doing. We should, we should have, he wants us to be discerning. But what he is saying is this, ultimately, it doesn't matter what your opinion is or anybody else's opinion. In fact, Paul says, I, what my opinion is of what I'm doing doesn't really matter. There's only one that matters ultimately, and that's God's. He says, verse 4, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby judge, justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Verse 5, therefore judge nothing, before the time come, uh, for the time until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. I'm just really fascinated. I'm fascinated by the fact that our God is a rewarder. He doesn't owe us anything, and yet he delights in giving us things Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, if I serve the Lord, I'm serving him because of gifts he gave me. I'm serving him because of the Holy Spirit that he put in me to enable me. I'm serving him because of opportunities that he's placed in my path. Everything I'm using to serve, I got from him, and yet he still wants to reward us. That's what it says in Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a 
rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The rewards of faithfulness. I want to say that we will receive some reward in this life. It's mostly heaven, but there will be some in this life. Proverbs 28, 20. The faithful man shall abound with blessings. That's what it says. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. This is the result of patience, persistence, and faith in our faithful God. As we go forth in the work of God, we will fail. We will blow it. We will fall flat on our faces many times. We will become discouraged. We will put forth effort. We will pl- we'll pray. We will plan. We will prepare. And then we'll be disappointed with the result. That's just not what I thought was going to happen here. What's going on? That's going to happen. What we need to realize is we need to continue in faithfulness. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't quit when you're discouraged. Don't quit when it seems like this isn't working out at all. You just keep on going and trust in the Lord. As it says in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We've all used WD-40. Many of us have it at our houses, a little blue can with a red top and a little yellow paint on it as well. You know what the WD stands for? Water displacement. But you know what the 40 stands for? Well, they tried 39 times to get just the right mix of stuff in there, and 39 times it didn't work. On the 40th try, boom, there it is. God wants us to just keep on going because as we do, as we are faithful in serving, and the reward down here, part of it is answered prayer. Part of it is seeing God change people's lives. Part of it is experiencing personal breakthrough in our lives. Part of it is overcoming uh, the opposition. Part of it is being strengthened in our faith, seeing, wow, I can't believe God just used me to do that. There's so much. Part of it may even include financial compensation. But what I'm saying is we must be faithful in the long haul. While the reward of faithfulness, some of it, as I said, we will receive in this life. But we will receive most of it in eternity. Most of it will be in heaven. And the beauty of receiving it in heaven, the reward we get up there, we don't leave behind. We get to keep forever and ever and ever. Every man or woman who is praiseworthy will receive praise of God. And we know those words. We know them quite well, don't we? Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Even when it seems like nobody notices and you're doing work, and you're faithful, and you're serving, it seems like nobody's noticing. God is paying attention to what we are doing in the service of the king. And the reward for faithful responsibility is more responsibility. But the reward ultimately God gives will be joyful and eternal. The psalmist, I believe it was David in this case, cried out in Psalm chapter 12 and verse 1, Help, Lord, help! For the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. And I tell you what, I've seen some, some dear 
servants of God who've gone long, 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 and boop, they failed. They failed before us, and they, they, they messed up. May God help us to keep on going strong for him, faithful until the end. I don't know. I'm certainly not, in the biblical uh, terms of the word, a prophet, but it's very possible we could be the last generation on this earth before our Lord comes. If you look at all that's going on in, in Europe and in Israel and even in the United States and you can uh, what's his name? Elon Musk putting computer chips in people's foreheads and all kinds of stuff going on. We could be, this could be it. Let us be faithful until our Lord comes or calls us home. I've wondered why. I'm standing here before you this morning. Why would they invite me? Nobody knows me. I mean, I didn't graduate who's who. I graduated who's he in Bible college. Seriously. Don't have a big church. I haven't written any books. Don't have a Christian, even have a Christian school. What in the world am I doing here down at Ambassador Bad? What am I doing here? Except to say that our great God has enabled me just to serve him for 33 years at the local church where he's placed me. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think of that scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.12. And I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord who hath enabled me, and that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, if, I, if you don't mind me confessing, I was not like chopping at the bit to get into the ministry. I was going the other way. I was running. God put me here. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm grateful for God's grace. And I want to encourage you. And at the same time, I want to challenge you. Be found faithful. 